In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! On today's show, we're focusing on small business owners, the impact of the pandemic, and what the future holds. But even if you're not a small business owner, there is application for you because you are the CEO of your finances. Stay tuned. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And we welcome you in on live stream, on Facebook, and on YouTube, and on the radio side. This is the Get Ready for the Future show for the first week in July. My name is Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury, and Janet Walker to my right. Good morning to you both. Good morning, Good morning. Sir. And Candace Stanley to my left, who moved me out of my favorite chair and over <laughs> to this right. side. There's a reason for that. We'll get to that. We have a special <laughs> guest in today's program, but we are focusing on small business, and I think First and foremost, let's start here. We are in now the second half of 2020. So it's a good divider to say, hey, the first half of the year is over. And I think we're all happy about that. And for the collective health of our nation and the economic health of our nation, we certainly hope that the back half of 2020 is much better than the front half. Would you agree? Well, I, I would say that it, it can't get any worse, but as sure as I say that, it would. Yeah, that, it so I, I'm, yeah. I'm All you have gonna... to do is read the news or social media and see what's uh, coming next, of right? Of course, yeah. of course, they, yeah. they, because they're all correct, obviously, <laughs> yes. obviously. But uh, yeah, it has been strange. Uh, we've been through all kinds of uh, machinations of, of different stuff here at GenWealth, and we're going to explore kind of all the changes that uh, have been wrought upon us uh, over the last six months or so and and how you can kind of adapt and, and deal with that as as we get into the program today i want to say too as we mentioned in the open there if you are not a small business owner don't turn us off because i think there's a lot of application mm-hmm. here as i look through our content today that applies not only to small business owners but to you as i said the ceo of your finances so it, you are in charge of your own money and i think this this conversation is really going to be beneficial for you too look it's not just the small business owner that has had to deal with change it is everybody that has had to deal with change yeah. and that's really what we're talking about today yeah. janet is is how you deal with change because uh, you know one day everything was going great and then another day came along and we were looking at each other going okay now what how do we deal with this because now we're in the midst of a pandemic yeah i I mean, it is an understatement to say that 2020 has been full of change and unexpected change. I've seen all kinds of really funny little memes that people have put on Facebook about, you know, these are the things that we've been through. And then what what are you uh, jokingly, what are you predicting for June for July? You know, whether it's like flamethrowing dragons or, you know, whatever it (laughs) is. Level seven of Jumanji. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just all of these just hilarious things. But but (laughs) frankly, when you look back what's on the list that we would not have predicted oh pretty much everything so the point is you got to be flexible you just got to learn to roll with it because Mm -hmm. life is is not going to be easy there are a lot of challenges for us regardless of of where you are career-wise whether you're a business owner or not there are a lot of challenges in front of you how do you deal with that so here are the numbers 30.2 million small businesses in the U.S. making up a whopping 99.9% of all U.S. businesses and nearly 50% of the workforce. So you think small business is sort of important to this country? Those numbers are really amazing to listen to. Nearly 7.5 million small businesses may be at risk of closing permanently over the coming five months and 3.5 million are at risk of closure in the next two months. There's yeah, I remember all the. There were several restaurants, like just weeks yeah, after yeah. the shutdown, that said we're not coming back. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it, they knew that they were not going to be able to either make their uh, they, their rent payments on their building or whatever the case may be, yeah. and it was they didn't have the cash on the sidelines to do it, so they were out. And as it has prolonged, even though we are starting back up, not being at full capacity still hurts a lot of small businesses. Yeah, there's a couple of things about this that I, I think are important. Number one is uh, for the first time that I know of. There were large lump sums of money offered by the mm-hmm. federal government, yeah. and essentially, the, they're saying, "Come get it and use it like we want to. We want you to, and it'll be free." 
and, and never has that yeah. happened that I'm aware of in the history of the federal government. That's number one. But secondly, I think it's interesting to see how business has adopted and adapted to mm-hmm. this this situation. I was talking with a restaurant owner the other day. I went to, I went to lunch and and he came by the table and we were chatting. And uh, he ended up having to lay off 30 employees Mm -hmm. from his restaurant. He says, hardest thing I've ever had to do. But he said, do you know that we're actually doing, we made some changes in how we are are handling our menus and all that and and our service. And we are actually more profitable today Mm -hmm. than we were prior to uh, the the pandemic uh, going into place. I, I think that flexibility of being able to adapt has been critical for mm-hmm. those who have been able to stay in business and has been probably the missing link for many who were not able to stay in business. I, I think about there's a there's a gas station in Benton that they were going through a remodel right when this hit. Well, what what this tells me from the outside is that they had the money set aside for the remodel and to be closed during that period of time, but then they couldn't reopen when they had anticipated reopening, and and they're out of business now. They're done permanently. And you think about how, how many businesses didn't have the business version of an emergency fund mm. to be able to bridge that gap. Yeah, Candace. I was watching the news, uh, I think it was this morning, um, and they had a business owner on there from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And as they started to open back up, then they started seeing a spike. And so now they've started to close back mm-hmm. up. And this mm-hmm. particular business owner had brought 12 employees back that he had previously uh, furloughed. Mm-hmm. And now he was going to have to tell those folks that he had brought back now half of y'all are going to have to go back right. home. So he was going to have to let go of six. So six of those people were laid off, came back, and now they're getting laid off again. I mean, it's it's a scary thing when you don't know and everything's confusing and it changes day to day. I took my uh, wife recently to a primary care physician, too, and that's the first time I had been into that setting. And, and they've obviously closed the, the waiting rooms and you're waiting outside for them to come and get you. And the traffic is lower, but I was asking them about their experience and they had to furlough half of their workforce initially, but half of the half of the uh, the staff or the team stayed in place, but they really weren't uh, meeting with anybody face to face during the shutdown, they started doing a lot of telemedicine mm-hmm. or telehealth. Right, uh, and I think technology has played a role in the way the adapt adaptions or the adapting has taken place for small business too. And when you know we did a show a few weeks ago about the new normal, and we really don't want to go to a new normal. We like the way things were, but that's the thing that I think mm-hmm. will be a new mm-hmm. normal. Businesses finding out how they can operate in a different, more leaner, or more technological way. Yeah, the technology is a huge role in that. And there are a lot of other changes that, that businesses have, have dealt with. And I think where, where you're seeing uh, two things that are changing here. Number one is the adaptation and, and not going back to the old way of doing it because now there's a more efficient way to do it. And that's a, a positive change. Another positive change is that a lot of business owners and a lot of people in their personal finances are going, never again am I going to get caught with my proverbial pants down and not be ready for something Mm -hmm. like this to come along. And what does that mean? That means that uh, you maybe don't run as fast as you did before. Maybe you're not uh, running at full employee capacity. Maybe you hold back a little bit on, on adding that extra person or something like that. You always think about having being an emergency fund and, and having a business emergency fund. But I think the theme that we hear time and time and time again from people who have been through this and struggled with it and now are trying to get back on their feet, they're going, okay, next time it's going to be different. Never again am I going to be in a situation where this is going to to derail the process by which I make my living and, and the process by which the people on my team make a living. And that's a, that's a big deal. A lot of times business owners uh, don't get the credit for all the pain that they go through when they have to do something mm-hmm. like lay off yeah. 30 employees. Think about the application there if you're not a small business owner. I'm hearing what you're saying there. If you're the CEO of your own retirement, your own finances, what did you realize you could do without during this time? Mm-hmm. It was pretty easy to figure that out when you weren't able to spend your money on things you were used to spending your money on. So tightening that belt and seeing where you can eliminate waste uh, in your own personal economy, certainly very applicable there. We're going to be joined by Bob Payne after the commercial break. Bob is a franchise owner in Central Arkansas to talk more about how COVID-19 has changed small business. Back in a minute. (laughs) 
Want to know what goes on in the studio? During this break, go subscribe to the Gen Wealth Financial Advisors YouTube channel and get all the straight talk on retirement, investments, and your money. This is Scott Inman. At GenWell Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life. Whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across Central Arkansas, there is a GenWealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. As we record the fastest four today, it is July 1st, a great a great moment in time to stop and reflect on the first couple of quarters of 2020 and what a ride John, it has been. We've talked about it every week we record the fastest four, but our word of the day today is whiplash, because if you look back <laughs> at what the S&P 500 index has done this year, it fell 20% in the first quarter of 2020 and then rebounded, adding 20% in quarter number two. So let's take a look at what history tells us about what's next. Yeah. So if you think about uh, pandemic, riots, protests, yep. recession, What's the stock market going to do? We've got an election coming up. Mm -hmm. The uh, pandemic is still going on. Yep. The social unrest is still going on. So what what are, what does the future hold? Well, uh, it's interesting to, to look back, and this is not necessarily any kind of guarantee about what is going to happen, but any time that we've had a strong quarter like we've had in this past quarter where the market was up better than 15%, and it obviously, as Scott said, up 20% in this quarter, but anytime the market has had a quarter in which it's up 15%, Scott, every time in the last, I guess, a couple of decades, we have seen the market go on to have another positive quarter. It goes all the way back on the chart we're looking at from LPL Financial to 1970. So as you mentioned, it's happened eight times. And in the next quarter, all eight of those next quarters were positive. And in fact, the next two quarters in every instance the S&P 500 index was positive. And even if you go a full four quarters out, so another year after you've had a quarter of 15% plus gains, all but one was positive for the next year. So that's pretty incredible. But as you look under the, the hood a little bit, John, there, the weakest time is what we are about to come in on, historically speaking. Yeah, historically speaking, the third quarter of the year is usually the weakest quarter. We know that there have been some tremendous drops in the market during the third quarter of the year in years past. And so there's no real way to really gauge this. But Scott, what I would say about this is that the markets tend to climb walls of worry more than they climb good news. You know, they, they obviously like good news and everything, but it seems like almost a, a, an oxymoron when the news is kind of iffy sometimes, the markets continue to go up. And when you are in a situation like we are right now, where the government has turned on the faucets and let all of this liquidity go in terms of all the stimulus and all of the, the money that they pumped into business and everything, uh, uh, then that bodes very well for the market. The other thing that bodes very well for the market is the bond market. And the bond market yeah. with the 10-year treasury down around 0.6% return per year over a 10-year period of time, there's really no place for people to go to get a return on their investment other than the stock market. So you've got a situation here where things are stacking up. History is telling us that that the, you know, the fundamentals actually indicate that we could have a very strong quarter in the third quarter. Uh, and there is some precedent for the economics of this looking good for stocks. We'll have to see how that all pans out. But right now, I believe that the stock market is likely to be the place where people can get their returns, albeit a very volatile area yes. of of investment, you better be sure that you 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 have the Dramamine on board when you get on board with this. But I think that's where you're going to get most of the return that you could get 
in investing your money. Yeah, and volatility always the story, but particularly in a year where you have a pandemic. There's no question Absolutely. about that. That's a look at the fastest four minutes in investing. Thanks for watching on social media and for listening. The Get Ready for the Future show continues after this. There's more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money right after the break. Stick around. Did you know there are a ton of financial resources on GetReadyForTheFuture.com? No? Well, bookmark that page for later because the Get Ready For The Future show is back. Live streaming, as always, 1130 every Wednesday on Facebook and on YouTube. And if you want to weigh in today on our topic of how COVID-19 has changed small business, feel free to do that. Just put it in the comments section of Facebook Live. And do want to take a quick moment to say thanks to all of you who took advantage of our no-cost financial planning that we started way back in April 15th, and it expired just yesterday as we record the show July 1st. So we are out of that window now, but we are still meeting with clients. Uh, we are doing that both face-to-face and video conferencing. So whatever you're more comfortable with, as we still are in the middle of the pandemic, we can certainly set that up for you. You can call 501-653-7355 to begin the planning process going through the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. We are pleased to be joined today by Bob Payne. Bob is an owner-operator of Chick-fil-A on Cantrell. And good morning, and thanks for joining us. Appreciate you being Glad here. Glad to be here. Yeah, so we are talking about how COVID-19 has changed small business we set the show up uh, just in the last segment there and obviously there's been a lot to overcome in the last few months so i guess yep. it, let's just start very generally how, how are you doing oh well thanks we're doing fine it's okay. it's it's been a pretty wild time yeah but um we've persevered worked together as a team and uh i, I think we're doing really well so what has been the biggest impact that you've seen on on your business yeah, um, I would say it has uh, caused us to learn some new leadership principles. Really? To exercise some leadership muscle that um, really we didn't have to um, have to use previous to COVID. And so whether it's been um, learning how to be more flexible, learning how to be more imaginative and how we approach business, learning how to change our processes on the fly. Hmm. Um, just been a number of things where our leadership, and I'm not talking me, I'm really talking the folks that work for me that are on the front lines right in the face of the customer every day. Uh, they have really had to learn how to do things on the fly, do things quickly. Um, and so it's, it's caused them to grow up in many ways. Let me ask you kind of a follow-up on that, Bob. I know that you and I have talked a lot in the past that you, uh, prior to COVID-19, have been a very present owner-operator, you know, there pretty much all the time. Um, and now that that has been a family choice for you to not be present uh, yeah. just because of the risk to you yeah. health-wise. And and so I think about that as, a, as an owner of a business and go, okay, I was there all the time. Now I'm not there. And that makes me feel very, you know, concerned and nervous, et cetera, about, you know, just my role as an owner. Tell us about that process and how yeah. that how that developed with you and the other leadership that's there. So I have had to take a, a step back physically due to my age, as well as I do have an underlying health condition that would create a real, a real problem for us. And so both my family and some of my leadership came to me quickly after COVID started and said, you need to stay home. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I've learned the difference between being present physically, but also being able to be present when you're not there physically. That's great. Yeah. There are so many ways now with all the technology we have now. And so I've learned, a new, a, you know, um, I've learned how to make videos on Vimeo and that kind of thing, <laughs> which wasn't the kind of thing that I enjoy doing. It still isn't. I'm with but, you there. But nonetheless, um, it's been a, a learning curve for all of us. Yeah. And so there are ways to be present and involved in the business, even though I can't be there physically. That's great. We, we had to, to deal with that to some degree as well, because we made the choice to shut our doors to the public for a period of time yeah. and send all of our advisors home. And, and we had a skeleton crew basically answering the phones here at the office. 
but we were it felt like I was in outer space quite frankly and and I don't know if you went through that and and I know that there's a lot uh, just in in your brain that you go through of going now I, I don't have the ability to put my hands on my business and be a hundred percent in control is that a, was that a factor v- for you very much so and there was a learning process there and a process just of learning to get comfortable with that new way of leading you know it really goes back to do you trust your team or not yeah Mm -hmm. and fortunately i have a team that i feel i can trust and so that made it a little easier if i wasn't able to trust my team it would have been a real problem but absolutely um but you know on the other end of the spectrum um you sent your people home we weren't able to do that yeah right yeah and that's one of the biggest challenges i think we had at first in the the first couple three weeks of the whole thing is that I had some employees say, well, wait a minute, why are we still working if it's so dangerous? Mm-hmm. And so we had to work through that whole process of people need a place to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I was in touch with one of the um, supervisors of one of the bigger grocery store chains close to our store. And uh, he said, we can't keep food on the, on the shelf. People mm-hmm. have to have a place to go to eat. And so there was this thing about learning to serve the community. Um, we took a lot of steps to try to keep our team safe and still are. And so we had to work through that process of why are we working when everybody else is not? Yeah. And that was a, that was a big, big deal for us. And I can relate to that personally. Uh, my son, Garrett, who you probably don't even know this, he works at the Chick-fil-A in Bryant. Oh, cool. So, so he has been Why doing there? That. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a good question. We may work a transfer out uh, during today's uh, show, but he... Obviously, seeing him go to work as a father and knowing he has yeah. to go and do that as well. But yep. you know, let's talk a little bit about um, operationally how things changed as well. You mentioned you had to stay open. I noticed the difference in that when it comes to uh, seeing Garrett come home. He has this nice tan line around his yeah. mask, right? Yeah. <laughs> because A, he's outside every day, and B, yeah. he's wearing a mask. So those are two ways that things have changed. You didn't change your product line like a lot didn't of small businesses line, had to do, but the dining room has been But had to change closed. the processes really fast. You know, when we closed the dining rooms, I still remember, that was March 20th, and um, that's 40% of our business. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of businesses have lost a lot more than that, but that was a big chunk in the first two, three, four weeks after that happened, we dropped dramatically. And yet we started seeing pretty quickly, okay, demand's picking up, the lines are getting long, we need to do something different outside. And so, um, I mean, your operator has been one of the leaders in, in some of that, what they're doing outside in the parking lot. But, you know, we've added additional drive through lanes mm-hmm. in a parking lot that's really meant for people to park in, not to be driving through. And so um, just, again, adapting to something that we need to do differently in in order to take advantage of the uh, opportunities that we we were being given. Obviously, you didn't see the pandemic coming. No no one did. But what has it taught you that you need to be more prepared for the next time we have a black swan type event? Hmm. Um, I think there needs to be some margin, Mm. Um, whether that's in our staffing. Do we have someone, do we have enough leaders that can lead every day in a normal course of business, but do we also have enough for whatever opportunities or whatever challenges that we're going to be facing down the road? Do we have enough margin in our personal lives? Do we have, you guys were talking earlier in the first segment about margin financially, mm-hmm. right. both mm-hmm. personally and in business. Do we have margin there that um, will tide us over during those difficult times? So I think margins are a very important element and it has a lot of applications. I think there's a lot of wisdom in that mm-hmm. really to apply it to across all those different areas. Margin is a good word for that. Yeah. Um, Bob, if you had to name just you know one or two things, what would you say has been most helpful to you in running your business during this time? Um, talking to others that have some wisdom that I can learn from. Hmm. I even remember you and I, Janet, early on, yeah. we were both working on a similar project, and mm-hmm. we traded a number of phone calls and text messages and kind of picked each other's brains. We did. And, and we and I've had other people I can do that with, and it's just 
all of us are in a fog. Yeah, yeah. We've never experienced this before. So there's not a textbook somewhere that we can go and look up, okay, what's the manual for this? Right. And so talking to people that you trust and you think have some wisdom and are trying to work through the same issues that you're trying to work through. Yeah, so, and, and, and I'll, I'll echo the benefit that I had from those conversations too. They're just I think there's a lot to camaraderie, companionship, yep. that type of thing that, Absolutely. hey, we're not in the exact same situation, but this is business owner to business owner of, man, we got we got a whole lot more questions than we got answers. What are you doing about this? And, and maybe there's one area where you're ahead of where we are and there's another area where we're ahead. And just to be able to share that back and forth was was tremendously beneficial i think for both of us and i think also just trying to be able to make decisions quickly you yes know, it was a time early on just to kind of throw a bunch of stuff up on the wall and see what sticks <laughs> yep yep and try something and hey if it doesn't work okay fine move on to the next thing but we had to try new things and um some of them have stuck some of them haven't mm-hmm. so well, I know your team uh, actually began to write encouraging notes to people on the to-go bags. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's kind of a, a real novel thing. And, and it really does epitomize, you know, how people have come together to, to fight this thing to, in one way, shape, form, or fashion. What else did your team do that, that surprised you in this? Well, I think several things. I, we've had some people really step up in terms of being an encouragement to the team. Mm-hmm everybody needs to be encouraged sure and so um we've had especially i can think of two or three of the gals they tend to be better on encouragement than you guys (laughs) do sometimes they've just really stepped up and um been a source of encouragement we've tried to be involved in the community we've given away a couple thousand box lunches to various areas over the last couple months Mm -hmm. uh i've worked with a local church and distribution of those um, so there's some, been some things both internally, uh, and externally, but you know, just that day to day pat on the back, um, yeah, yeah. is just so it's valuable. Huge. Mm-hmm. We've only got a couple of seconds left here, but I do want to see in the uh, conversation with asking what, what long-term effects, long-term changes in the restaurant industry yeah. do you see? So I think the pandemic's been an accelerator. And by that, I mean, it's accelerated things that were going to happen anyway, mm. such as the restaurant uh, industry is moving toward delivering meals where people want them to be delivered. Mm. Third-party delivery services is an example of that. Mm-hmm. Curbside delivery at our parking lot is an example of that. And so people are wanting to have their meals, but not necessarily wanting to visit us in our dining room. And curbside as an example, has grown by about a thousand percent during this time for us. Wow. Um, Third party delivery hasn't grown by that much, but it's grown substantially. So I think it's been an accelerator of those kinds of things. That's probably the biggest change. And that, unfortunately, I think, as you guys mentioned too, again, earlier in the segment, that there are going to be some that just aren't able to come Mm -hmm. back. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, Bob, we'll leave it there. We're out of time, but thanks so much for joining thanks us. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, thank it's been you. fun. Yeah. It's Bob Payne, the owner-operator of Chick-fil-A on Cantrell. As we continue to talk about how COVID-19 has changed small business, we're back in a moment. Your retirement should be more. More what? More than just investments. More about you. Find out more when the Get Ready for the Future show returns. Education-driven, strategy-based, team-delivered. That's how we roll on the Get Ready for the Future show, and we're back for more. Our thanks again to Bob Payne, the owner-operator of Chick-fil-A on Cantrell, for joining us in today's show as we talk about how COVID-19 has changed small business. And the application, maybe some help for small business owners, but also for you as the CEO of your retirement or the CEO of your finances. And I do want to take a minute too. back in the first segment. And I think even in the second segment, we made reference to the new normal that, that yeah. everyone uses that term. And I'm not particularly fond of, but there are things that will never go back to normal. And we did do a whole show on that a few weeks ago. And we referenced that, but we didn't tell you how to get it. If you haven't been following us and checking out our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, 
be sure to do that and find any past Get Ready for the Future show, including this one, once it has aired and cleared through our compliance department. So as we talk about how uh, small business owners can continue to run things through COVID-19 and beyond, we've got some tips here, some things to maybe consider uh, as you work through the challenges that we still face. And even though we are starting to open back up and many businesses are are going strong, as Bob's is at the Chick-fil-A on Cantrell, there are things, of course, that are still uh, going to be turbulence ahead for sure in the future. And our top tip here is don't leave your team members isolated. You know, I, I thought Bob's first uh, response, in mm-hmm. fact, was how mm-hmm. we've had to find different ways to lead. Leadership has been challenged and, and adapted and well. And I think when it comes to leadership, that's a big part of a small business owner's role. And really, you're more um, situated to accomplish that to keep your team members plugged in when you are a small business owner it becomes very that's that's one of the things people probably don't like about working for big corporations they don't get the communication or the touch or the feel that they need from their ownership and i think that's one of the things that can really make a difference in how things run yeah clearly that that does make a difference because like here in the bryant office of genwealth i do what i call manage by walking around i I go around and and sit down talk to people and see what's Mm -hmm. going on and stay plugged in talking about either uh cases that we're working on for clients or a situation that we may be working on in service or maybe something at the front desk that's the way we stayed plugged in and so when everybody was home and everybody was scattered that made that way more difficult it it did but we overcame that one of the points this is not even on you know kind of what we were thinking about ahead of time but another note i made while bob was talking was was face your fears as a business owner face your fears and whether it is look i've always led in this way i've I've managed in this style and i can't do that now so what do i do or if it was for us hey we've we've had appointments in person and we can't do that now and for for bob and chick-fil-a it was we've had people you know coming in to eat and now they can't do that so what do we do and there's just this massive amount of forced change change is never easy or fun anyway but when it's forced it, it takes it to a whole new realm and i think we as as business owners just have to go all right i cannot control the fact that that has changed what can I control? How do we respond to that? And th- and that's what we can control. We can control that, okay, we're going to manage differently. We're going to, quote, unquote, meet with clients differently. You know, we weren't meeting with them physically anymore for a period of time. We were doing it by video, but we adapted. So how do you be flexible? I, th- I think you've got to learn to adapt, whether it's for coronavirus or just whatever, I think we did a good job of preparing for this even pre-COVID, though, Mm because we have offices that are not all close together. Right. So we are kind of used to doing virtual meetings and things like that and keeping in touch with those offices that are away from the Bryant. Um, And so we just kind of had to up that a little bit when even our Bryant location was home working and staying connected. And then, you know, we added some meetings to where we were making sure to check in. And I think that helped us through that a lot. I think we made it a point early on to uh, reach out to our clients during our downtime. So I guess maybe there's a couple of different points here. One is if you do have more idle time because you're not as busy, fill that up with something useful. And we did that by checking in with our clients. But going back to the communication with the client, I think that's important, uh, an important takeaway uh, as you take these small business owner tips and apply them if you're not a small business owner, is communication is very important with your finances, with your advisor, with your with your banker, or whoever you need to deal with. If they're not communicating with you, you can feel very isolated. You can, and and you know we did as Candace said, you know, reach out to, to folks and 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 try to do that on a real regular basis, both clients and our our team members. But also, you, I think you have to be real direct with them. You know, we had a lot yeah. of stuff going on. Uh, during this time, in our industry, we had the market going to heck in a handcart. It was, yeah. it was like, uh, it was the biggest uh, straight down drop that we'd ever seen in the market. And, and way better, uh, way better, way, way, worse. way worse than, or way bigger than what mm-hmm. we saw in the financial crisis in, in a very short period of time. So we're scrambling, trying to, to figure that out, make sure we understand 
understand what's happening make sure we understand okay is this going to be short-lived or long-lived or what what are we doing here and so the key here is that you've got to be honest with people and and not honest to say oh, everything's going to be okay that's not really yeah. necessarily the case and and you know, certainly not gloom and doom because that's never the case as we live by here at Genwell things are never as bad or as good as you think they are and so you've got to be you know middle of the road somewhere in that and I think you also have to be very direct with your employees if you're facing mm-hmm. you know financial challenges if you're facing uh, you know survivability challenges we didn't face survivability challenges but we we were concerned about where the 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 finances were going to go potentially if the market had stayed down well and one of the things we learned in that John is that even though we knew that we weren't sending anybody home because we knew what the books looked like and and we you know made some some reasonable assumptions in this process and went, we're not going to have to send anybody home so this is the reality of gen wealth we're okay the the reality though for our team members is that they didn't know that you know unless we came out and told them we're not sending anybody home they didn't know and so there, there was a small number of team members who were concerned just because they were hearing about friends who had had a job somewhere for 15 years and then they were furloughed or they were laid off and so you begin to just think those things whether there's any base in reality at your employer or not you begin to think those things so what that taught us is even if the news is good news, even if it's, hey, we're not going to have to lay anybody off, we need to be intentional about sharing that. So let's go back to this uh, adage that, you know, uh, that Dave Ramsey talks about is that, you know, when you were growing up, your parents didn't talk about money or didn't talk about sex because you didn't think it all happened. They didn't have either one of them. And it turns out they had both. Right. And so I think that, you know, there is this uh, almost phobia about talking about money in your personal finances with with your family. Mm -hmm. If you know you're going to be okay, talk about it. If you know you're going to have problems talk about it but at least get it out and don't let that that fear of the unknown fester in the minds of the people that are closest to you because that cannot lead to anything positive it can only lead to problems and maybe you need an unbiased approach a third party to look at that that's right mm-hmm. you know I, I mm-hmm. when you say and you say this often and I totally agree with it that things are rarely as bad or as good as they seem that works for your assessment, but I also think the solution is in the middle, too. It's rarely yeah. on the extreme, and when you're emotionally tied to your finances, whether it's small business or personal, I think you can really get caught into this box of thinking one way or the other, like big, totally ignorant to anything's wrong, that you are really doing very well, and you may not be, or the reverse could be true, too, that you may need have a lot of work to do, or you think you have more work to do than you actually do. Candace, you and I have, have worked with, with folks that, you know, if they are making decisions in a vacuum, then they oftentimes make decisions that hurt them when they maybe didn't have to. Yeah, and that's when, you know, having an advisor, that third party, that objective voice, because your emotion is tied to your money, to your business, whatever it is, it's great to have somebody on the outside say, you know, let's apply some logic here. And small business owners don't go it alone, right? You guys right. don't yeah. go it alone. No. You've, you've got a team of experts around right. you to help you right. do what you need to do. And the same is true in your personal finances. Scott, uh, let me pick up on that just a moment uh, on small business owners having a team around us. Because I think both with Bob Payne as an owner-operator of Chick-fil-A and with us as, yes, we own GenWealth, but we are tied to LPL and we have the ability to reach out to them. In both cases, we're talking about small business owners who have a connection with a much larger corporation and therefore a clear line of help, if you will. And and I would just say to those of you who are out there and you don't have that, like your small business is it. There is nobody that you can go call on a 1-800 number and get help on your question you need to find who those people are in your world. It may not be a 1-800 number for a larger corporation, but you've got to be able to have people to reach out to. It may just be a mentor, somebody that you know that has taken those steps before you. Right. Well, and and I'll have to say, and Bob alluded to this, and we do this here at GenWealth, we have an internal leadership team. That that leadership team doesn't make the final decisions about the company, but they advise uh, Janet and Kimmy and I on Mm -hmm. what the situation is 
is and and we have a sounding board that we can run things past them and and help the and both of you have, have said uh, scott currently sits on that board and and candace has sat on that board in the past we have a rotating advisor position but that is invaluable to to janet and i because we allow them to speak into our business lives mm-hmm. and say hey this is how we think about this and oftentimes we're thinking let's go this direction we talk to the leadership team we consider their opinions and we end up doing something completely different because of their counsel and input we only got about a minute left in this segment but we'll get started with our uh, next point to run your business through covid19 and beyond is get prepared this may be the first recession you've owned a business through but it certainly won't be the last uh, you you referenced the black swan events those things come and disrupt things there it's certainly going to happen again so if you have the ability Start managing your business finances like you would your own. And I think that's a really helpful thing because if you attach the uh, personal nature of that to the business itself, and, and that's hard to do. I would imagine for both of you, it's very hard to do sometimes, but it certainly can be helpful. Well, if you t- think about, you know, uh, we, we've taught, referenced Dave Ramsey before, and we all know that, that he is the king of not being in debt and having an emergency fund. He recently said on his show during COVID-19 that they have never gotten to the point where they have six months of expenses mm-hmm. in their bank account uh, to to uh, deal with an emergency. And when you think about uh, the rapid growth of, of Dave Ramsey's organization, it's huge when uh, you think about how much money that could possibly be. We'll pick up on that after the break. Get off the crazy train and onto a more dependable track with the Gen Wealth team. All aboard the Get Ready for the Future show after the break. We're back with more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money on the Get Ready for the Future show. Our final segment this morning, the Get Ready for the Future show, available on radio on Saturday mornings and live streaming every Wednesday morning at 1130 on Facebook Live and on YouTube. And if you are watching this morning, feel free to comment. Give us uh, your thoughts as we talk about running a small business during, through COVID-19 and beyond. We've got some practical applications for small business owners this morning, and we also think that they translate very well to you in your personal finances as you get prepared uh, for the future. So get prepared was the last item that we talked about. We were a little uh, abruptly uh, interrupted by the commercial break. So I want to go back to that. But talking about running your business a little more like you manage your own personal finances. And of course, these need to match up because maybe a small business owner does lack the personal financial order yeah. as well. But the things that we talk about on this show week in and week out, and it's increasing cash flow by limiting mm-hmm. expenses have an emergency fund. I started the show by talking about how many restaurants were saying they weren't coming back three or four weeks into the shutdown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They needed a pile of cash to be able to get through uh, the turmoil for a little while. That's how an emergency fund can certainly help out and paying off debt. All three big things, both personally and as a business owner. I think that debt is huge. Yeah. So that is an anchor. It's kind of like going into retirement with student loans, having a business where do you have to, you need an employee and you got to pay them, but you've got this debt. You know, I mean, it goes back to the verse in Proverbs that says the borrower will be slave to the lender. If you're enslaved, you don't have the freedom to do the other things that you want to do. And in this case, maybe even need to do if you, if that debt is weighing you down, you don't have that flexibility. I, I want to circle back, guys, to what John was saying before the break. He was talking about Dave Ramsey's organization and they teach, you know, to have the three to six months of emergency savings for you to have the your expenses for three to six months of time. They teach that on a personal basis and on a business basis. But Dave says that they've never reached that goal as a business. But the reason, and we didn't have time to get to this, the reason is that their expenses, they're constantly growing. And so Mm -hmm. their expenses are constantly increasing. And so if they had to shut off all forms of income, all revenue sources, they don't have that six-month fully funded emergency fund. And I think that's very common for a lot of businesses. But the question is, 
do you have to shut off all forms of revenue? Um, and Bob and I talked about that a good bit when when we were in the early stages of this, that our businesses are very different in, in a few ways. And one is that, like, for us, we have some recurring revenue where they do not. It's people buy food today or they do not buy food today. But on the, the side where they're at an advantage is they know at the end of the day here's the revenue that we brought in today and here are our expenses and not that they close out the books like that that simply simply you know every day but you understand what i'm saying where for us that business cycle is very elongated we might meet with somebody in january and not finalize everything until march and then the company might not get paid until april and so that elongated cycle has an impact on how you deal with things like this because when when restaurants were feeling the impact immediately of not being able to have people in their dining room we were like oh this was a good pay cycle but it was a pay cycle from work that we did Mm -hmm. in january right Mm -hmm. yeah i think the the big takeaway that you've got to think about in this is that most people live with their personal finances and their business finances as if everything is going to go right. Now we're all uh, kind of optimistic at heart and mm-hmm. we think that you know everything's gonna work out and I've got this all planned out and everything. I think we had a big wake up call that things don't always go right. And, and I think if you're honest with yourself, you know that in your personal finances, you know that in your business finances. And so you've got to do what Bob talked about doing and that is create margin. Mm-hmm. Margin is just like the margin on the paper. You don't ride all the way to the edge of the paper. You have some margin there so you can actually see what's going on and, and have some room to jot a note if you needed to or what have you. That's why you do margin in your business. You've got to have some relief if things don't always go right and the question is how big is your margin going to be we would love to have six months expenses in in savings we haven't gotten there dave ramsey hadn't gotten there i don't know if it's a a a valid goal to have six months for a business or not but it's certainly uh possible to have three months i think that goes back to the psychological nature of all of this you know Mm -hmm. you you said we all are optimistic by nature we want to think about the good times we want to think about the good things happening and things that money can do for us that we will enjoy right but this has all taught us that sometimes things are not going to go well and when they don't it can look really bad so when you say margin i think of the line on the page you really have to just find some lines what what amount do you need the number put it on paper on purpose and you don't go below that number i mean yeah. that, that's really the only way you can fight the psychology of yeah. it i think oh yeah absolutely well candace has been a, a a business owner and and i think you can attest that that there's always going to be something yeah always things that you don't expect uh, Thank goodness I'm still not a business owner because uh, I don't have that overhead. I didn't have to worry about that this time. Um, but I did enjoy having my own business, and we actually had two at one time. My husband had uh, one at home as well that he did. Um, he did um, building rifles on the side there, but he's also in the military. So we were fortunate this time around to be essential, both of us. Um, and then, you know, I was in the insurance business before. So I've talked with some of those guys back from my past life in insurance, and they seem to be doing well and still doing okay. Um, I know a lot of those companies, um, like the major insurance companies, were mm-hmm. doing things to help those customers with their bills and things like that sure. if they were having um, issues due to COVID-19 and being able to pay those bills. So those are all helpful and to help the, because a lot of Allstate um, and State Farm and uh, Farm Bureau, a lot of those are pretty much small businesses. People don't know that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, to have those insurance companies help them from a business owner standpoint, as well as our customers, was super good for them. Our last one, our last tip or suggestion uh, for small business owners getting through COVID-19 is the biggest one, I think, and it's mm-hmm. take care of yourself. You know, I think a good small business owner uh cares about their team and and almost considers them family and and that can really drag yeah. owners down when you think about your team or your family hurting 
So you have to be able to take care of yourself to be able to stand through all of that. I think this is a place where um, if you're married, your spouse plays a, a critical role to, I mean, they know what your limits are and, and they know when you're close to it, when you don't have a clue yet. And you, you need to be listening to that voice. And if you have a voice at work, a, a, a if you've got another owner of the business, um, if you've got a, a, you know, just even if it's somebody who, you know, they're working for you, you're managing them, but many times they know you so well that they can speak that truth into your life. I think you've got to be willing to listen. And and sometimes the best thing you can do is take it take a little bit of time off. I, I remember uh, a friend of mine um, years ago, he said, Janet, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap. And I thought, <laughs> you know, I'm going to just sit and let the wisdom in that yeah. soak in, you know, because because the, the challenge of being a business owner is that We've got the, the weight of the world, it feels like, on our shoulders, and, and all of it's personal because we care about our people, we love them, we want what's best for them, mm-hmm. whether we're talking about our team or our clients. Mm-hmm. If you're really doing what you're passionate about, then, I mean, that tells you, you're passionate about it, and so it's a big deal. But you can't keep doing it without taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. I would say that there are uh, a couple things that you can do from a positive basis to keep your mind where it needs to be. There are really only a couple of things that you are in control of Mm -hmm. in any business. I don't care what it is, this business, another business, whatever. And that is your attitude and your effort. If you keep your attitude right and you keep your effort right, whatever challenge that comes your way will likely fade. Uh, Now, this one has hung on for a while and and seems to be trying to make a comeback. But again, that's where you have to stress, I'm going to have the right attitude. I'm going to have the right effort. When we talked with Bob, they all got to work. They all got busy uh, innovating and things of that nature. That's clearly the way that you survive something like this. You cannot be a victim. You have to be a victor. That's a word we haven't used, resolve, because that's what that is. You have to be resolved that this is not going to beat you, that you're going to get through this. And we certainly hope that today's program has helped uh, you if you're a small business owner or even if you're not, if this is just something you can apply to your personal finances. Uh, as we get set to wrap up, I am waiting on the bell. And the bell, there yeah, it is. Okay. Delayed. We have a certain like time it. that the bell is supposed to ring, and it didn't ring at a certain time. So I was waiting for that to happen. Thanks, Casey, for ringing the bell. So time for final thoughts. I didn't call you out, Casey. My, it wasn't me. <laughs> yes. Uh, you just left me hanging. That's all right. My, my big takeaway is really what we just talked about a moment ago, the margin, the word margin, yeah. creating it both in your personal life and in your financial life. I think those are both very important. And I, and I really think we struck on something there that it has to just be a line in the sand. Mm-hmm. That's what that mm-hmm. margin is. It's a line between where you write on a notebook paper and where you don't write on a notebook paper. It's a line you won't cross, and you just have to be resolved, back to our word, Mm -hmm. to not do that. Define that. And if you need help defining it, get some help. Whether you're a small business owner, reach out to the people you need there, or if it's your personal finances, get a financial advisor to help you create that margin. Scott, I would say that uh, you you go back to that song, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I think that this is, has the ability, if it has not killed your business, if you're not out of business, it has the ability to make your business stronger. And I think that's how you win in this situation. I think you come out of this in the long term and look back and go, we are a better company. We are better in our personal finances because we've gone through this and because we made the adoptions and the adaptions that we needed to make uh, to get through this. That's how you find victory in this is that you become stronger and you become better because of how you've adapted. I'm going to use a Johnism for my final thought. A it John-ism. is a Johnism. Yeah. It is fend for yourself, but don't go it alone. Mm. Yes, you bear the responsibility of your business, and you've got to handle that. But whether it is reaching out to other business owners to seek wise counsel or reaching out to an advisor to seek wise counsel, don't go it alone. You can call 501-653-7355 to set an appointment with a Gen Wealth Advisor. We are out of time. Thanks for listening and watching. We'll talk to you next week. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. 
or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only.